Welcome to the Lulu Logic Podcast. I'm Nick Lewis. I'm your host. Another fantastic episode today. 14 years ago, I couldn't stand this guy. Let me say that again. 14 years ago, I couldn't stand this guy. Not only was a good player, great player, he played for the Montreal Alouettes. They were the beast of the East, and we always thought we were the best in the West. When I used to play to the boundary, he used to be in the boundary. Then I moved over to the field, he moved over to the field. So we had a lot of battles, a lot of back and forth. But then we became teammates at one point. Changed the dynamic of everything. Here, I won't I won't spoil it for you. Without further ado, this is the Lulu Logic Podcast. Today's guest is from Columbus, Ohio, and went to University of Ohio. He is a former defensive player of the year in the CFL and six-time, six-time CFL All-Star for the Montreal Alouettes. He holds three CFL records, including career fumble return yards, most career fumble return touchdowns, and the record for longest fumble return, which was 108 yards in 2011. Cox also holds several Alouettes records, including most career tackles, 979, most single-season defensive tackles, 115, and most defensive tackles in a single game. Welcome to the show, Chip. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm about to call you Chip Record Breaker Cox. I didn't know you had all. <laughs> I didn't know you had all records, man. I didn't either. I didn't know I was that close to a thousand tackles. I mean, I just got to get it on the field this year, just get one more time, then to get a thousand. I just got to get a thousand <laughs> tackles. I mean, come on, I can get twenty tackles and you know put me at free safety or something. <laughs> you trying to be Mister uh, Three Thousand? Yeah, I just want just a thousand, just Mr. One Thousand. You know, I just need a thousand tackles. That would be awesome. I didn't realize I was that close. Now it, uh, yeah, I didn't realize I was that close. You really want to come back, don't you? I just want to get a thousand. I mean, bro, I can still play. I can still run. I know that's, you can still play. Like that's the biggest thing. I can still run. And like you put me in any DB room, I'll still be probably top three fastest guys in the room. That's the thing. Like. I shouldn't like that's that's where I'm at. Like if I'm one of the fastest guys in the room, I should be able to play. And how many times did you see me in a training room when you were in Montreal? Not very many times. That's one exactly. of the things, man. You were always durable. <laughs> you always made it work. Exactly. So I mean, it just didn't and it I ain't I ain't like I'm trying to was ever trying to break the bank. I always, you know, did what was what was right by the team or what the team asked me to do as long as it was, you know, taking care of my family at the same time because it was never about the money. So, yeah, that's but, it. But why is it so hard to just be satisfied with what you've done and just say, you know what, that's some hell of a numbers and I'm done. What makes you, what makes you even want to go back, even though you can still play? Because I feel like I can still play. But I have no desire to go back out there because I, at the end of the day, I feel like, what am I really proving? Man, I just like, I don't know, Nick. You know, that's a good question. I just, I like, I like running around, man. I like playing. I like running around. I like playing. I, I mean, 
I built my body to do that. Um, that's the number one thing. And I just still like to be out there. I never liked meeting rooms and all that. Yeah. You know, I, I never liked that. But when we went out to practice, it was never like, oh, man, we got practice today. I didn't care. We got two days. Okay. It, all right, let's go play. Yeah. It was always, uh, and I've always liked that. I never lost that. That, and I, and I am satisfied. Don't get me wrong. Like when people hear me talk, I mean, I know people hear like when they hear when I do say some stuff, it sound like I'm, like I'm maybe complaining. Or, no, I'm not complaining. I'm definitely satisfied. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy with what I've done. Yeah, I'm comp- exactly, and that's the thing. I'm competitive. So if I can still compete at a high level and go out there and play with the guys. Like I, I want, I would like to do that. But if it doesn't happen, I, I'll be fine. Obviously, like you got to live with that. It's not my decision at this point. So, I'll be good. But I just, I'm competitive and I want to go play. And I like, I like being able to line up in front of somebody and I don't even know what they're doing, but I'm gonna be able to stop what they're doing. Yeah. So when, when would be enough? Like, what do you think? Is there an age? Is there a stat line? At you know, what point? Because I know, I know. If you go back, you're not gonna want to just play one game or one season. Nah, I wouldn't say. Um, well, I talked to like Chris Dishman. That was my DB coach my last year, and like I talked Chris to Dishman. him. Yeah, I do too. And I asked him. I said, "When did you know it was time to give it up?" And he said, "When I was spending more time in the training room trying to get on the field than I could." in the film room and actually playing. And, you know, I was like, well, I ain't reached that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I was, I was never tired of the process. So that's, and, and I could, I could still do it. Like I, like I, t- I tell people, I'm a realist. If I couldn't outrun you, if I couldn't, like, I know I'm not going to be the fastest guy on somebody's team anymore. I know that. But you but still run. Probably, I can still, but I can still run. I'll be fat, one of the fastest guys in your DB room. You can bet on that. Um, I, I remember the two things for me was when I seen Kai Kyrie's hit uh, BJ Cunningham at practice that day. I knew right then we were practicing and and we were on two different levels of what our thought process was. <laughs> <laughs> and and and. And one day at practice, I think you you might have guarded me one time, and I was like, "Yeah, I think my career's over." <laughs> <laughs> Is it when you did the double move? And I stayed. Man, right I don't have no double move. Yeah. I just got a little wiggle and a jiggle. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I never had that moment. I never yeah. had that moment. It was never a moment in practice where I was like, "Man, I gotta stay." Like. How, how am I staying in front of this guy? Or, dang, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Or there's never a moment in the game where I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this guy. Obviously, you have bad games. Yeah. But, like, there was never, like, I was never going home, like, man, I couldn't get to that play. Like, was this, is something wrong? Or, oh, I'm, this is a little harder this morning getting up than it was before. Yeah. That, I, I hadn't, I never got to reach that point. And maybe I, maybe it's a blessing that I never got to reach that point because, I still have my health and I can still talk stuff to my son and tell him he ain't nothing till he can outrun me. You know, hopefully I, you know, I tell him that now he's, he's six, but I'm like, bro, little man, you're not going to be nothing till you can outrun me. And that's going to be till you about 14 or 15. And he's like, what you talking about, dad? You know, and I talked to my little cousins. She's a track star. 
And I told her, I was like, well, I can probably still run a 10-8, so you ain't gonna never be able to outrun me. And she's like an 11-8 girl. So, you know, those type of things. It's competitive with, with my athletic, you know, with my athleticism. So I'll be able to do that for a while with my younger generation because I never got to reach that point on the field where it was like, yeah, oh, I don't know. <laughs> was 2017 your last season? 18. 2018. 2017, 2017, was, my 2017 was my last year. Yeah. And you I played were the whole hurt season that year. Hurt. Yeah. I played the whole season hurt. Nobody knew. But except for like the teammates. Yeah, yeah, teammates team. knew. Yeah. Was that the hardest thing you ever done? Like going just thinking back because being hurt that year, you were asked to do so much. You move back and forth from Sam to safety. That was um it was hard because it wasn't hard to do it because I knew what I was doing it for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I knew I was doing it from, for the, for the franchise, for the team, you know, like it was never about me. So, and it was like, I was looking around and like, who do we have? Cause that was the year we were running. We didn't have anybody. Yeah. And we were short. So I'm like, you know, and obviously the GM pulled me in and me being the, uh, you know, everybody told me not to do it, but you know, me being a, a, a team guy and he was like you know we want you to do this and me thinking like all right this is just what the team wants me to do and this is what's best for the team you know I did what they asked me to do because it's what's best for the team right because yeah. that's what we're taught you know and I, I never in a million years like thought that it it would have you know hurt me like it did my wife was telling me like nah that's a chess move. Like, don't, don't do it. And I, I wasn't you to playing chess. I, I was playing football. I wasn't playing chess. Like I wasn't playing, you know, the back and forth game. It was like, I'm going to do it. Cause you know, and then playing injured, like I do that anytime because it's just I, it, what it is. But it was like, a type of injury though. Play. Yeah. It's a type of yeah. injury. Like you, you, you really couldn't run. You were hobbled. And yeah, you know, whenever you put out bad films, sometimes, it's yeah, really sure. hard to overcome, especially when we get older and we yeah. make more money. Yeah, yeah. So you're older, you make more money, and then they're out there. See, they put you in a corner to want to pressure you uh, to play. I remember I told you, you need to sit down. You did, yeah. Right? You, you, I'm pretty sure RP told you to sit down. Like I had a coach tell me I need to sit down. Yeah. I won't tell you the coach's name, but I had a coach tell me, man, you know, you should sit down, man. And I'm like, Hey, who are we going to have? Like, what we, you know, and I, I wasn't thinking about the, it's putting out bad film and it's making me look old. And I wasn't thinking about none of that. You know, I was just playing football. You still look 22 you know? though, Chip. That's that's what I, hey, that's my age. That's what I tell people. That's how red, I, red don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got, you know, well, we would have been in the same position back then, you know. We'd have still been owned by the same, you know. Back in the day, we'd have still owned by the same people. Plantation. Yeah. If I would have acted up, they would have hit me with the whip, too. You know, the thing I find most fascinating is before I got to Montreal, like, I'd never seen a Chip Cox interview, never heard you really talk. Knew you talk a little bit on the field, but it's super yeah. competitive. Mm -hmm. Is this different for you to be able to do interviews like this or to do podcasts or do things like this? I mean, when I was playing ball, I didn't, it wasn't it, like, I didn't want to talk because I just wanted to play football. 
and talking wasn't playing football and you know talking didn't it didn't it didn't feed my family either yeah. you know and and you know me like when I showed up I worked when I when it was over even after the game I was in the sho- I was out of the shower before you guys came in the locker room because football was done so it was time for me to get back to my family yeah so I mean I felt like talking was just taking time away from my family more than anything now all I got is time with my family so I got a little more time to talk <laughs> <laughs> you know I can I can do podcasts and stuff because I mean I don't do anything except for hang out with the kids and my wife so how's you know, COVID like um you know it, it shut our gym down for I think three or four months. Really, and that was uh, that was scary, you know, because you you you're that's that's our income that's pay that pays our bills. Yeah, and um, you know, when that stops, it's like whoa, 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 whoa what you doing? Like this is a <laughs> this is paying my bills. Like, hold on. But then me and my wife sat down and looked at everything, and we were like, you know, we could probably do this for we we'll be fine for a, a while. You know, and it was like, let's just enjoy the time that we have with nothing. With, because I mean, our life is busy. Our kids usually play two sports in each um, each season. So like, in the spring they're doing track and softball. In the winter, this year all three of them will be wrestling and playing basketball. You know, they're playing flag football too. Yeah, you know, and, and in the fall they're playing flag football, and um, what else? They played another sport, volleyball. My son didn't play two sports this year in, um, in the fall, but they, you know, we're always busy. So like we took the time and we're like, all right, so we're not going to be running from the gym to practices to back to the gym, picking kids up and doing that. Let's just take this time to just sit and watch movies and, you know, do that. Obviously we're, everything we do is always together, but it's, it's always a, a, a going back and forth, going there, going there. Yeah. And we just we're like, after we sat down and looked at everything, I was like, we'll be fine for a while. And let's just take this time as a blessing Obviously, for some people, it's not a blessing, and we, you know, we acknowledge that too. Yeah. It's like, but for us, this this can be a timeout because we'll never get this time where we have nothing to do but hang out with the kids, and they're not in a sport or it's just sitting there cuddled on the couch watching movies all day. Yeah. Obviously, we still we still went to the gym because we ain't you know. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you it's couldn't open it to, to other people, but I'm pretty sure yeah, y'all was working could, out. Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. Exactly. And I would have went stir crazy if I couldn't do something. Yeah, I was telling people, I, I was, especially at the beginning of COVID, I was saying, you got to reset and reload. Like, if your life is not headed in the direction you wanted it to or right. not where you thought you would, were going to be in life, this was a great opportunity to sit back and just prepare yourself. I got a lot of work done over COVID. Yeah. I didn't, Um, I, I like I said, I just spend time with the family and that's it. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. You know, that's what I, I tell people when they, I, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. Cause when I do it, I, I'm going to hit, I'm going to head down that path a hundred percent. Like I did with football and hopefully I can fall in love with whatever I decide to do next. You think that's the reason why you want to go back and play is because you haven't found something that can fill that void of the competition and of the, just the nature, it's just so different being in that locker room, you know, walking by and, and just laughing and things that go on in the locker room, man. It's just so different not being in there anymore. I, you know, I don't know. It might be, but again, I didn't spend much time in the locker room. 
You, you know, tell me there ain't no beers in the locker room. Nick, I never saw you drive. I saw you walk through <laughs> one time after a game with one. I seen you walk through with a game after a game, and I said something to you, but I was on my way out already. Yeah. You know, like, like don't get me wrong. I enjoyed being around the guys, but yeah. I enjoy competing with against them more than anything. You know, I don't. I I talked to maybe four people that I played ball with over the last. I played ball for since you know actually thirty years of my life, but. The 13, 14 years of professional, I only talked about four, four or five people still. That's crazy. And yeah, like, and they, I mean, those people are, they, we close, we cool. Like we, we like, we're family basically. And everybody else is, well, I mean, co-acquaintances and friends, but like, it was, I, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't really like hanging out with guys. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I had a wife. I never seen you. I never seen you hanging out with anybody. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't never the. It was. It was just playing, man. It was just running around and playing. That's really what I I enjoyed about it, and that's what I miss about it. It wasn't. I don't. I don't miss having them young guys in the locker room and me looking like what they talking about. (laughs) And like I called my I called my wife one time and was like, "Babe, yeah, it's official because these young guys talk at minicamp one year." (laughs) I was like, I ain't know nothing that they were talking about. I didn't know anything they were talking about. And I didn't know any of the songs they were talking about. And I was like, I called my wife and was like, babe, I'm old. She's like, what you mean? I said, first of all, I couldn't understand what the young guys were saying. And I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't understand their music. So I, I knew I was old at that point. But what I knew music I still do you out. listen to? I'm, I like, I listen to country and hip hop. I mean, and R and B, you know what I mean. That those are my. You say, you say country first. C- country music, yeah. I listen to country probably first too. Well, no, I probably if I in the, if if you get in my car right now, it's probably on a hip hop station. But like, I'll I'll change it to country if I'm taking like I listen to country too. I do listen to country music. What's your like What's music. your go to in country music? Well, Florida Georgia Line is always yeah. No, I like them. Um, Trace Atkins is pretty good. All them guys, man. Them, you like '90s them. country? Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, them. I like. 90s I love country. '90s country because that's what I grew up on. My mom. Yeah, yeah. You listen to '90s alternative with a little, like a little Sublime bit. and Nirvana and Offspring and Three Doors Down. I would know the song before I would know the people. Yeah, yeah. There's so much Oasis. There's so much good. SoundCloud. There's so much good '90s alternative music in. This is how bad country. I am, Nick. This is how bad I am, Nick. I don't even have any music on my phone. Wow. I, Come on, Chip. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't. I don't have any music on my phone. Like, I, I'll go to the weight room and not even play any music. The only time music is playing is if somebody come in there and they put put music on. See, I can't do it I'm, because to me, music is a mood. Yeah. So I, I listen to, I can almost do pretty much anything. I love, you know, um, so many different types of music. Most of the time I'm listening to either country or R&B. Um, unless I'm going out to a club or something, I don't really listen to too much hip hop. Sometimes when I'm on the spin bike, I listen to hip hop. Sometimes I listen to country or R&B. Yeah. But there's just so many different vibes. And I always know what type of mood I'm in by the type of music I want to listen to at that time. Right, right. And then when I'm in the car, I listen to usually sports talk or some kind of conversation. I don't really listen to. I like listening to uh, in the when I'm in the car in the morning 
I mean, because I'm only in the car for about 20 minutes, not even 20 minutes. Lulu Literally got the podcast? Five. That's what you be listening to? No. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I listen to, uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. No, I listen to, um, what's the guy name? Uh, Ricky Smiley in the Morning. Yeah, I like Ricky Smiley in the Morning. I like his conversations and stuff, you know, especially with all the stuff that was going on in the world with, the, you know, the election and all that stuff he yeah. was giving. And he bring people in there that was, that wasn't, um, that would give you, you know, not, We'll give you the, a straight down the line rules, laws, and how things are not being followed. It wasn't a partisan side or anything like that. It would be like, yeah. this is how things are. This is how the rules are lined up. So it just it helps you make your own decisions, but at the same time, you know, seeing what's going on. I see you voted. You and your wife voted. Yes. How is the country right now? It's just like, it's, it is divided. Oh, well... Yeah, because we live in a very um, we live in a very Donald Trump country right now in my in my county. Where we what does live. that mean? When we drive by, there's flags everywhere that say okay. Donald Trump. It's almost see this is the thing with with the the Donald Trump thing. What was scary to me is like it was almost like if you read the history books, it's almost like Hitler. Like yeah, you had never seen anybody worship a man like that. And that was a, that is what was scary to me, especially like, Christians, right? Like when they said no false prophets, right? You're only supposed right. to praise God, right? Like, right. But like everybody's praising this man, and I'm like, wait a second. So you don't see the stuff that he's done in his past, and you don't see the stuff that he's doing now that's wrong. Forget policies. Forget if I think this should like if I think this person should have you know help or you know, forget that stuff. I'm talking about the stuff that this man has done and is still doing. And you praising him like that? Yeah. I, I, I understand if you vote, like if you say, well, he's on my side. He, I follow his policies and I agree with that. Then you don't praise him. You just, you stick with what your policies and that's what you're voting on, on your policies. Yeah. But to actually be praising him and he can do no, like, come on, bro. Everybody, everybody does wrong. wrong. Yeah. Everybody exactly. Everybody like, do wrong. Everybody does wrong. So like let's not that that is what was scary to me about that. So Yeah, it it is dangerous. It's very yes. dangerous how um people can make things look and yeah. just the power of his words. Yeah. puts people in a very different situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, you talk about policy, and I—I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I—I'll vote either me way, either. right? Either. Yeah. Um, I think both of them don't care about me unless I make enough money to put money in their uh, their campaign. So, <laughs> right, right. So, I don't—I don't ever I mean, get into that. But the same sense, that's kind of their job, right? Is to yeah. get re, re, renominated. Like, it's not if if I if, if you don't help me get renominated, then why? That's, that's their job, like, ah, you know? Yeah. I mean, obviously they're supposed to care about people and all that, but at the end of the day, if they care about people and nobody's voting for them, then they have to care about the people who vote for them or the people who can help them get reelected. Yeah, what do you feel about the, the fear culture that I feel like the Republican Party is playing right now where they try to make you fear everything, like they're coming for your neighborhoods or they're, you know, <laughs> or, you know, they're going to, cancel christmas or they're going to uh, yeah that's, they're I evil think, and like all this stuff it's just it just 
divide. It's ridiculous, man. It's just ridiculous. Like to be honest, it's ridiculous. Um, I'm like, let's look at it. How bad does the in in America? Okay, so I've I've gone to third world countries. I've gone to third world countries. I've walked into people's houses and it was a dirt floor. Yeah. And they don't have running water. But you know what? They all had smiles on their face. They were happy. Like if that changed me when I did walk when I I've done it a, a few times and it was like the last time I walked into someone's house and it was, you know, they didn't know who I was or anything. I wasn't with a mission or any, I was, I was with a local and I told him I wanted to go see the, I wanted to go see the worst of the worst. And let's just go well, take me to see this country. I want to see yeah. what, what this country is really about. Like what, it, what the lowest of the low, I want to see everything. And when I walk into the house and these people have smiles on their face, and they're just happy and the kids are sitting over there playing and they're genuinely happy. And they have like, to, in our eyes, they have, they don't have anything. And it was like, I'm like, I started looking at things different from then on. It was like, if they can be happy with that, there's nothing really you can do to not make me happy at this point. Because yeah. I mean, what we would call poverty, they were smiling and happy. We always, we're, I think, especially in the US, I think you're raised to want more or to want everything or want it all. Yeah. Right. Even in sports, like it's. I, I mean, I guess this, you just asked me the same question. When are you going to be happy, right? Yeah. With what I've done. You just asked me that. It's, um, I mean, it's a, I'm happy with what, like, I'm happy with what I've done, but I'm like, I'm saying. You still know there's more. There's still more, exactly. That's it. Yeah. What country were you in? Well, I mean, Dominican Republic, Jamaica, Mexico, just the Bahamas, just to name a few. Man, Those you, are the ones that I've been to. Time out, time out. Now, me and my wife was walking around Dominican and we see people. It wasn't me and my wife, though. That's the thing. It wasn't No, I'm wife. just saying, what's up? <laughs> we seen people with sawed off shotguns walking around yeah. <laughs> with, with like ARs and things like that. It was a very sketchy situation. Like you don't go off the beaten path in those countries, but you you went with a local. Let's let's dive into this. How do you even get into the conversation with a local to take? How do you know they're not gonna rob you or kill you? I don't have nothing, man. I ain't got nothing on me. I know that, but they don't know that. They see me with nothing. Like I'm I'm in just clothes, man. I have more faith in people than a lot of people. Yeah, you know what I mean. I have more faith. Like, I've always lived like. I, if you live in fear, if you, you can, you, you fear what you don't know, right? Yeah, you can really only learn by experience. I can. Yeah, I, I have to see, and I have to. And I'm not. I, I just. I'm. I'm not scared. Do you do anything to help, or you just went to see? I just went. I went to see. Yeah. Nick, I don't know how to help. Maybe that might be my next mission. Learn how to figure out how to help people. That that could be it, man. And, and I'm me, I'm not a um if you tell me what to do, I'll do it. 
but I can't. I, it's I don't um, do well with um, with initiative. Yeah. But like, if someone was like, "Hey, there's this this mission, and we're gonna go, you know, give out food, or we're gonna go put up, build a build a house. Do you want to be involved? Oh, of course. I've never said no to any type of um, charity work or anything like that because I've just never taken it. I'm not a I'm not an initiative taker. Yeah. Like, my wife, we were. We were together for 15 years before I asked her to marry me because I, she was like, listen, man, what, what, she, you know, she sat down with me and was like, what, what are we doing right now? What are we doing? And I, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. I, I, I got to do something, right? I can't just sit around. 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. How long y'all been together? It, it was it was 10. It was 10. It was 10. I exaggerate a little bit, but how long have y'all been together? Whoo, this will be 20 years. Uh coming up. Two Congratulations. Years. Oh, we already had our 20 year. Yeah, we 20 years of actually officially dating. Yeah, back in August. Congratulations. Thank you. So we've been married for this will be 10 years in uh May. And you made it through COVID. Yeah, COVID ain't <laughs> over, man. <laughs> COVID ain't over. <laughs> man, you got six months left. By this point, this is normal life right now. Yeah, COVID ain't over. The man. first the first six months of COVID was a little different. That was a little, you know. Now you're That's, in the, we're, yeah. in the, we're in the smooth selling COVID now. Like you're okay with being in the house and hanging out. You know where to go, you know how to, but when it first happened, <laughs> it created some boundary <laughs> issues with like for me, I was used to getting work done. While my wife was at work, the kids were at school, and right. then it became, oh, they here every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you we know. loved it. We loved it. We were, we was all together. But we, like I said, I don't have no work to do, man. I know what you can do. What's that? You can go box. I ain't boxing. Ain't nobody hitting me, man. You, you think see you Nate Robinson? Nate Robinson? Yeah. I ain't did, man. I ain't boxing. I, I do MMA before I would do boxing. Now, why is that? Because I feel like boxers, the skill level, there's no room for error. The skill, their skill is way beyond anybody's, like what people actually think. You know, you see somebody, anybody can look good hitting a bag. Yeah. And, but their skill and their able to, ability to, hit angles and stuff like that. I feel like MMA, I could protect myself at all times, no matter what. But you have them four ounce gloves compared to 10 or 12 ounce gloves. And I mean, I am a second degree black belt, so. I was gonna talk to you about that. That's another reason why I probably feel, I feel more comfortable in a like an MMA fight than I would in a boxing match. Do you still practice? You still try? I haven't, I haven't thrown a kick. No, I haven't done anything probably in probably about seven eight years you ever got into a physical altercation you ever got into a fight uh like you mean like in the last what is the um i mean like if somebody like when's the last time you ever fought somebody nick that is um i don't know the uh statute of limitations on that <laughs> You kick their ass like that. <laughs> that could be. That could. Be, I could still might be able to get in trouble. For, yeah, I might still be able to get in trouble. So they, they, I can't speak on that. There's no proof of that, so it didn't happen. I'm sorry. So, so let's go back to Nate Robinson. 
Yeah. He thought he could go in there as an athlete. And the dude outweighed him probably by about 20 pounds. Night, night, night. I know it was like eight, eight or nine pounds on the scale for the weigh-in. And I know the dude, he had to be over 200 pounds when he stepped in the ring to Nate's yeah, for probably sure. 190. Dude, you, yeah. can't, you, you, you have to respect a sport. You can't just say, I'm a great athlete. And somebody said something last night that was pretty profound. I know they were making fun of him, but it was like Nate Robinson at 5'9 is like a two or three time slam dunk champ. But now he's only going to be remembered for getting knocked out. <laughs> Think yeah, about that. Yeah. He's 5'9 and he's won the slam dunk t- competition in the NBA. And now he's only going to be remembered. Did he actually win it though three times? I think they gave it to him once or twice. I think he won it the first I time. He actually won. I think he won once. No, he won it three times. I, I don't know. Did he not? Wow. I don't know. He beat Dwight Howard the one yeah, time. That is. That's a. Uh, that's a. That's you know that, that it is what it is. He. I think the thing is is like I said, boxing is angles, and you can't just go in there swinging like that, man. He didn't he, know how to fight first. Of he all. spent too much energy in that first round. Once you and get tired, pretty, I would say he looked pretty good in that first round too. And then, but he's way too aggressive with the jab. He never yep. sat down on any of his punches. Nothing, none of that. He was always coming forward. Always yep. coming forward. And he never kept his hands up. <laughs> it looked like he was trying to street fight in a boxing match. That, that, that don't work. He got caught with a check hook. <laughs> Dude walking backwards, hitting with a check hook, man. He went to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, and then the first time he went down, he tried to say they hit him in the back of the head. I'm like, nah, nah, he caught you. Right above the ear. <laughs> yep. Yep. You, I think you might, you know, because one thing that you've always had was a gas tank. Yeah. Like, you can go out there and run all day. You, you ran that conditioning test in Montreal and then came out there to practice. Like, <laughs> you've always been able to run – and run and run and run. It's like Chip don't get tired. Yeah, I don't. I don't even remember you coming off the field ever and just being like exhausted. I trained for that. I trained for that. You, can't, you know, and everybody can't train that. for that, Chip. It's easy to do that though. When you, like, like I said, I had a deep. I, it's a. It was easy for me because I had a deep passion to, for it. Just like, I mean, I mean, like. When people all fuss about things that's going on with their wife or something like that, I'm sitting there like, hey, that ain't no big deal. If you love her, that's just what it is, right? You know, football, it's the same thing. It ain't no big deal. That's what I love to do. But that's <laughs> God-given, though. Everybody can't, everybody can't train. Like, for me, like, I train, I train very hard. I was up to, like, 1,700, 1,800 yards uh, of sprints before a season. Mm-hmm. But then you get in there, you take some hits, you know, it's, it's, everything's different. But would you go lift after you did those 17, 1800 yards of sprints? No. See, they're, they're just about training. I can get you on a strength and conditioning program and get you right back ready to play. But, but like, <laughs> no, no, I, I no, I, I understand what you're saying, but I'm just, I think it's more God given. I'm not trying to discredit your work ethic. Cause I know that you have outstanding work ethic because all you do is work out. But 
what I'm saying is I think a part of it is having that gas tank is it's almost like having power in fighters. Some people can just hit harder or naturally knock people out. Right. I think that's a God-given trait. For but you I couldn't go that. into a, I could, I couldn't do a CrossFit workout and not be dead tired. And actually, you know what? I've done a few CrossFit workouts and sometimes I'm just like, ah, why, why am I pushing through this? Yeah. You know what I mean? But it never got, it was never like that for football. So I don't know if it's God given or it was just my will to want to. Yeah. Rombie Bryant used to do that as well. Rombie Bryant could run all day. He take all the reps. Like he yeah. take scout team reps and everything and just go. Yeah. It, it was the will to want, because I, if I want to, I can, I can push through it, but I don't like now, sometimes when I'm, when I'm working out, Nick, I'll just stop. Yeah. Cause it's like, wait a second. That's what I was doing when I was playing. I don't have to do that no more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to do that. No more. Yesterday I just completed 251 miles on my, um, Spin bike. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I had a uh, little Nordic track spin bike with the, uh, you know, you, can you ride did it straight? Road. No, no, no. It just over 31 days. Over 31 days? Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's good. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, you know, this month I'm, or the next, basically starting to December, I'm going to work on my elevation. So I'm going to try to get 12 to 15,000 elevation. So I'm gonna focus on climbing more this month than distance. We should try and get you to live stream in some of our classes that we have at the gym. Yeah, I'll just definitely for, do it. Just for the, you know, just for the heck of it. Cause we, um, we actually have a, a mind body app now where people can look, watch it from home because of the COVID stuff. So we, yeah. um, we, we diverted into some of that stuff. So people who weren't comfortable coming into the gym you can watch the workout, the group fitness workouts from home. So I don't awesome. think our, I don't know. I don't think our um, spin classes all are live, but we have some of them that are live. Okay. That's dope. You teach yeah. it? No, I don't teach any spin classes. My wife teaches spin class and we have a, um, a spin instructor who teaches them. I, I teach on a backup, like as a backup teacher Yeah. on the spin classes. And mine are a little different than the rest of them. Mine's are not no like music. rides. My, well, no, we have music. But the way my wife and my, the way my, yeah, it's my wife's music though. I'll take her computer in and, and and put it in. But the way they're set up, like the way my wife and um, our instructor does it, is their 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 rides to the music or whatever. Yeah, they choreograph to the music basically. And then the way I do it is we'll have music playing, but I have you just different. Ride. Um, we're riding, and I'm instructing you to turn it up, go hard, like. I, I plan it a little different. Mine is more of a um, like a hit ride. Yeah, like a hit workout. See, I do some I do some hit rides yeah. and and things like that. And that's why I like that Nordic bike, man. It's like a Peloton, so I could do road courses and ride through different countries. And yeah. Basically, you got bike professionals that's riding in front, and they mm -hmm. put you through the workout. Like, okay, we're gonna hit it for two minutes, and then you get just rest and. Different Those are our like competition, that. man. Yeah. Nordic Track and Peloton is our competition. <laughs> that's a good competition to have <laughs> no not really they, they were two different lanes because obviously people who can afford them yeah i got some i got something for you though i got something for y'all it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool we can talk about that later but let's talk about you growing up in ohio when did you get into sports and 
you know, you talk about your kids playing, you know, six sports a year. When did you get into sports and how many sports did you play growing up? I got, I started playing football when I was, um, when I was five, I was five years old. Cause um, my dad was a basketball player. Like I had my, like my dad would, would go play basketball every Saturday and Sunday with his guys and stuff. And um, a few times he played with magic and Isaiah. So like he was, he was a pretty good basketball players because he played in those circles when they came to town obviously yeah um and uh obviously I had a basketball when I was young but uh I seen football on tv and I'm watching it and I was like mom I want to play that and my, my mom's like okay and then I went to my dad I'm like dad I want to play that he's like all right get out of here like whatever and I went back to my mom like no mom I want to play that yeah. My mom was like, all right. Next day, took me out to the football field. And um, the rest is, is history. I fell in love with it. And then, you know, growing up, I played basketball sparingly on different uh, different teams and stuff like that. But it was never serious for me. It was just something to do. And maybe I just wasn't good enough or something. I don't know. <laughs> but And I did track also. So when I got to high school, I could run and I've always been able to run. And I didn't even run track until my junior year of high school. So why is that? I, and I wasn't interested in it. Texas, they make you run track pretty much. And that, well, I wasn't interested in them. You know, all the football players that I was faster than. First of all, I didn't even start in high school. I didn't even start till my senior year of high school in football. Really? Yes. So like this whole, my whole high school career, it was me and my dad working out. And obviously I was playing on the, I was on the team, but I wasn't starting. And my dad and me, we were going to the field, working out after practice and going to the gym in the off season and working out and stuff like that. And I wasn't even a starter, but my dad was like, if this is what you want to do, we're going to give it all we got. Yeah. So, you know, with that, and then my senior year came, actually it was, the fourth, the last get the last four games of my junior year, I started because a guy got in trouble for skipping class. So when he got in trouble for skipping class, I was the next man up. Mind you, when I found out he was skipping class, I was skipping class. <laughs> <laughs> so when I found out he was skipping class, I was like, oh, okay. I went back to class. And this the that that was the night of the game, and it was the number one team in the state that we were playing. I don't know if they were number one in the state or number one in the city, you know, something like that. Those, yeah. And we were number two in the city. I knew that because they were in front of us in the city. Yeah. And I think we were ranked number five in the state at the time. And I found out I was starting. They had two receivers that were D1, um, already had pretty much D1 offers and stuff. And I go out there at corner and the rest is pretty much history from that because from that game, I had college scouts coming in, and I'm like, this is my first game playing. Like, scouts were flying in, talking to me, and everything like that. With And the, basically, the hard work and me and my dad going out in the field just put in. It paid off right then and there. Yeah. Were you small in high school? I was, uh, yeah, I was small. Up until my, I grew my junior year. And I was, just my wife was taller than me. 
my wife was taller than me until our junior year. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, did you hear? Well, she, about, that's why we did. she said that's why we didn't date till then. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. No, but yeah, I was I was small, but yeah, I mean, hey, I don't know. I knew I could play. That's all I knew. Because I seen the guys that were playing in front of me. I knew I played with them in little league, yeah. and I was better than them. And I was, and I just kept saying like, as soon as I get my chance, I'm never. I'm, and from then on, I never came off the field. So running track, starting your junior year, you started the last four games. Going into your senior year, what was the mentality? Was it like, okay, I'm going to play college football? I knew I was going to play college football because I had already told teams. At that point, I had already told schools that I probably wasn't going to come to their school. Why is that? Because I didn't want to leave the state. And I thought I was like, I, I thought I was going to Ohio State. Period. Okay. What happened? I, I thought I was going to Ohio State. I believed I was going to Ohio State. Remind you, I was a dreamer because who keeps working out when they're not even playing at yeah. that young of an age? Who doesn't get sidetracked? Yeah. You know? I never got sidetracked. I never, I stayed the course. So I was always a dreamer and I always believed in myself. Yeah. So I, oh, I told, I told a few teams that I would, I even didn't even go to the Michigan state or no, not Michigan state. I didn't go to Penn state's camp and they really wanted me to come to their camp. And I was like, no, I'm not coming to the camp. Cause I'm not even going to, I know I'm not coming to Penn state. So, you know, I had told a few teams that, and it was just, I, because I'm going to Ohio State. They're like, well, have they offered you? No, but <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Y'all don't understand what I've already gone through. Like, that's what I'm saying in my mind. So then, after my senior year, Ohio State, they asked me to come to a practice and watch a practice. I came to the practice, watched the practice. The recruiting coordinator at the time was. Um, I can't even remember his name now. I, I'll figure it out one eventually. And he told me, he's like, listen, if Nate Clemens goes pro, we'll probably offer you a scholarship. Because I don't know how it didn't work. So I'm like, okay. Now at this point, you can't tell me nothing. Yeah. Because I had already talked, like, you know, when you go to those practices in colleges and stuff, you, you're, you're around those guys. So like you hear their conversations. There was another DB who said he was on the sideline. He was like, I'm going to play one year at this school and I'm out, I'm going pro. And I'm sitting there like, really? Okay, cool. And Nate Clemens was like, well, shit. I, he, you know, he told him in the, he, he said something like, well, I'm out after this year. He, he whispered that. And then the, the coach told me that well, if Nate Clemens go pro, we'll probably offer you a scholarship. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm telling everybody, forget that I'm going to Ohio State. I told every school it didn't matter. I even sat in Indiana's office. I don't know if they were going to offer me or not, but he asked me, well, if Ohio State offers you and we offer you, will you go to Ohio State? And I was like, yeah, I'm going to Ohio State. And he was like, why? I said, because they're better. And my dad looked at me like, like, and my dad sitting right beside me, he looked at me like this, like, and then he looked back at the coach like, well, that's my son. And that's, that's, that's what we're going with. So, you know, I, I really had a lot of confidence in myself. So that didn't work out. Nate Clemens went pro, all the coaches got fired. And mm. Jim Trussell came in and obviously he went after the big guys. I wasn't yeah. a big name guy because I had only played really one year of high school football. 
So how'd you choose Ohio? It was my, my wife was going there and I wasn't leaving the state at the time. Yeah. I told South Carolina when they came and visited me, visited me and um they were recruiting another guy in the area, but they were in my in my um living room. And I said, Well, how far is South Carolina from here? And he was like 10, 11 hours, and I went, forget that. I ain't going there. <laughs> you know, and this guy's this is when Lou Holtz was there, and this guy was like, it was the D coordinator, defensive back, D coordinator, or D back coach. He said, son, do you understand who their coach is? Who are who? He's like, son, do you understand who our coach is? I was like, I don't, I don't, it don't I don't matter. Care. Don't matter. I'm not going. That's too far from home. I said, dad, that's too far from home. I ain't going that far. He was like, crazy. my dad was like, oh, my dad's like, all right, son, like whatever you say. But yeah, like, did you find a difference playing at Ohio when you had D1 offers? or like big time D1 offers, like power five. And you're you're playing football against a different quality of opponent at For Ohio. Sure. I mean, Did you feel like you were at home? Like me at division two, I was a division two walk-on. So right. there was times where I almost transferred after my freshman year to North Texas. I almost transferred after my sophomore year to Texas Tech cause that's where my dad went. And, yeah. but in the back of my mind, it was like, I know that I can compete at a higher level and I probably should be competing at a higher level. Right? So for you, you had scholarship offers and you end up- I don't even think I had scholarship offers because I never gave them, I never gave them an opportunity to even offer me. So it never was even in my mind that I was offered by this school or that school. I never gave those schools even a time. I told those schools that I wasn't coming. Mm. Like I was like, "I, I can't come there, it's too far. I'm not leaving the state. Like I'm going to Ohio State. Like I told those schools that I think I turned a lot of people off before they even. You was in love early, Chip. Yeah, that's I knew what I wanted. I always knew what I wanted. Just like when with football, I knew I wanted to play football. People even in college would laugh at me. Like you know when they in college they you have those classes where sometimes they say, well, what you want to do when you what do you want to do when you graduate? Yeah. Even in college, I'm like when I when I, I don't care about graduating. I'm gonna play football. And they look at me like, like, dude, you in college. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you got to have a plan for when you graduate. I said, my plan is to play football. <laughs> like, what are, we what are we talking about? You got your plan. I got my plan. So, I mean, yeah, I, I was in love early and I don't regret the decision at all. Yeah. I mean, I probably, I will guide my son to do things a little bit different. <laughs> but you, obviously. But you were, but it you had so much me. conviction in what you wanted to do. And you right. talked about will earlier, the will to push yourself through. It's like your life is almost just about will to create the life you wanted to live. And that's what, and I told my, I told one of my, I don't remember if I told my oldest daughter or if I told my, uh, my middle daughter, but I was like, I am living the life that I had planned on when I was seven, eight years old. I can honestly say that. Yeah. Like I, am living the life that I planned on. I thought I'd have a little more money because I thought it'd be the NFL, not the CFL. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, I'm going to be 100%, honest with that. 100%. 100%. I thought, I, my, my, my mistake was I said I want to play football for a living. I didn't say I wanted to play in the NFL. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> you know, so that was the only mistake I feel like I made. When you were at Ohio. Number one party school in the nation when I was there. 
Man, come on, man. Ain't nobody Ohio ain't got nothing on saying uh what is it? Uh Arizona State at, and Texas State. Me and my Halloween. Chip, you don't party. Like you don't drink. You don't party. I understand that. We're not talking about me. I'm talking about my school. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking about me. We're talking about the school right now. I said the school was the number one party school in the nation. Hey, you ran a four three seven. Yes, the school was. Was that your fastest 40 time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that your fastest 40 time you ever no. ran? That's what What's I did. That's that was that was what I ran when I was my, when I ran my 40 for the scouts, I had did no I did no training for uh, running. I did not sprint at all. All I did was DB drills and movement drills because I read the report on me and it said that I had a problem transitioning or something. It says something like that. So yeah. that's what I worked on for the three months up until, up until uh, my pro day, or up in, yeah, my pro day at Ohio State that I went to. So I didn't even run. All I did was walk, like the DB drills and stuff like that and lift. Yeah. So yeah, I ran a four three. My fastest was a, my fastest time in the forties a four three two. That's on the cool, track. That's moving. Yeah, on the Accu track. I can run. A four, was, I can run a four three. Uh, probably thirty four. yeah yeah that was my fastest time on the acne track but right now i could probably i could probably i could probably drop a four four yeah right now i could probably run a four four yeah i could probably run a four four right now you're gonna tear everything in your system nah you run track in college yep i ran track in college how was that but i only ran track i only ran on on the meet days i only showed up on meet days did you win anything? I never, man, the MAC conference, when I was running, we had a guy running 9-9-9. We had a guy running, the, the top five guys was under 10-2. So, no, I didn't win nothing. What's your fastest 100? My fastest 100 is a 10-5. That's moving. Yeah, but I wasn't a track guy. I was a football guy. So, I just showed up to the track meets and ran. Our coach told us we couldn't – um we, the football coach told us we couldn't run track unless we scored points in the um, in meets for the team. So as long as I was scoring, you was able to run track. I was able to run track. Do you do you yeah. love working out? Like, do you have like a genuine passion to work hard? I like I like working out. It's, it's, it's leaving me a little bit. The passion is leaving because I find it harder to go work out now because I don't have a why. Yeah. You know, when I had a why to work out, I did enjoy it. I loved it. But now I'm like, why do I need to huff and puff? Why I need to burn? Why do I need to push through this? Yeah. What's the why now? It's like, you want to look, you know, people work out for different reasons. People work out to look good, to be healthy. Well, I'm already all of those. Um, I don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what am I doing now? You know, now it's I, it, I'm it, it's a little harder now. But you put me in a room to compete. See, I compete with myself. Like when I get on that bike, it's like I, I can't even do the recovery rides because yeah. I don't know how to not compete. Like I feel like, oh, I gotta go. Right, and and that's another thing. Like what. Working like, cause I know where, like, I know what I've done. 
Yeah. So like when I'm out, when I'm out, when I'm working out, it's like, I don't have to be where I was at. But if in my mind, it's like, what you mean you don't have to be where you was at? If you can do this, you need to be doing this. Yeah. So it makes it hard for me. I'm like, it's so it's frustrating because I'm I'm battling back and forth with like with the competing with myself, but it's like I don't have to compete with myself because then it keeps me, it keeps that edge on like, well, you can still do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm trying to lose that edge where I can watch football and be like, man, this fool just got out ran by a 200 pound, 250 pound running back. Like, ain't no 250 pound running back in the NFL out running me, or like, ain't no 250 pound guy out running me. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like, to I have to lose, like, I'm trying to lose that edge where I'm like, so I'm trying not to compete with myself because if I compete with myself, the, the numbers and everything stay the same. So it's always like, I have a feeling like, well, I can still do this. Yeah. When, it's, when uh, at what point, I'll uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was cool. I was gonna say, what point in Ohio did you realize that you could play at the next level? I mean, I always knew I could play at the next level. When I seen guys that I had played against in like camps and stuff at bigger schools and doing well at, at those bigger schools. And I'm like, man, I can play against this guy. And then my sophomore year, my sophomore year, we played Pitt. Pit. And um, I didn't know who this guy was, but they kept throwing jump balls. Calvin Johnson? No, no, just oh, he was hit me out. George Dead. Yeah, so they kept throwing jump balls. And I'm like, man, why they keep throwing jump balls to this sorry dude? And in my mind, I'm saying this to myself. That was Fitz. And I'm... <laughs> right. Larry Fitzgerald, yeah. So then he go the next week and tear Miami up. They got Entrell Rose. They got all them boys. All them boys is first-round picks. I mean, he tore them up. And I'm like, wait a second. That's the same. I'm scratching my head like, wait, what? All right. Well, I mean, I can play football on any level. Like, at that point, I they, I can play on any level. And that's where it was with me. Like, I just stopped this guy. He didn't score a touchdown. His touchdown streak started after me. Yeah. And, I mean, I didn't know who he was because I – Nick, I didn't know. I don't know people. You don't watch Sports Center, right? I don't watch Sports Center. I remember so I one time in the locker play. room, I was talking to you about. We were talking about something, and you were like, "Man, I don't watch these guys play. I don't watch. You don't watch. You didn't watch the CFL when you played it. Yeah, no. like you didn't care about who guys were. Mm -hmm. You just knew if they lined up across from me, they're gonna get this work. They're gonna get the work, and we're gonna go. You can beat me once, but hey, I'm coming back. Like I. It, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who they were. When you were coming, I didn't know. Oh, I ahead. didn't know D-Roy and uh, Milk were legends like that until my third year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was like okay, they keep talking about these dudes. Like, okay, and then when they retired, and I'm like looking at everything. I'm like, oh, these guys were, and me as a rookie, and my, you know, I was I out there playing. Milt telling me, quit holding me. I'm like, shut up, man. Just get open. <laughs> you know, shut up. Get open. Don't tell me what I'm doing. You, I'm telling you what you ain't doing. You know, it's just get open. It didn't, none of that ever, it didn't matter. We just, I just wanted to play football, man. Yeah. When you were coming out of Ohio, 
you got picked up by NFL team. You get drafted to go free agent. I went free agent to Detroit Lions. How was that experience? I was, um, I enjoyed the experience because I was me 100%. You know, um, if I could look back and tell a younger me anything, it would probably be just keep you cool. You can play ball, just keep you cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand how I'm better than somebody and I wasn't playing, you know, but obviously with football, when you have money invested in somebody, you have to let them play and you have to get them on the field. And I told one of the starting, I had, a, cause I moved to safety then. Yeah. At Ohio, I was playing corner. And in my senior year, I asked the coach, I said, you know, to help our team out, move me to safety. I can make more plays and, you know, and we have a guy who can play corner. You know, and that's, that was the conversation I had going into my senior year at Ohio. So I had only played safety for a year. So when Detroit picked me up, they paid, they played me at safety. And in my mind, when this guy was talking to me, I can't remember his name, but I felt I was better than him. I told him, man, how are you going to tell me what to do? You've been playing this, your, this position your whole life. I've only been playing it for a year and I'm already better than you. I told that guy that, like, get out of my face. Like, don't talk to me. Is that why you don't talk, Chip? Cause is I'm that why you're quiet? Off. I'm a little thrown off, yeah. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, I mean, anytime I ever say something, it's... I'm going to go ape shit on your ass, Chip. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it, even, like, so, like, in Detroit, it was so frustrating to me with, like, I wouldn't change the experience for anything because I've grown from there. But, like, me watching somebody who I felt I was better than, I was making more plays than... I had the coach grab like one time I was on scout team and I picked off the uh, the starters and I ran it all the way back in, you know, true fashion like you're supposed to do. The head coach grabbed me by the face mask and said, you think you a star? You think you're a star? You won't be a star here. And I'm like, what you mean? Like, that's what I'm supposed to do. Like, I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to make it hard for your team. to. I'm, I'm playing football. Yeah. One time in the locker room, one of the older receivers, older guy, I say older, he was probably only 30 at the time, maybe not even that old, but, you know, one of the older guys, vets, came up to me and was like, yo, you got to watch who you hitting in practice because the front office don't like, doesn't like, you know, you hitting the guys, and don't you hitting guys in practice. Yeah. And I'm like, and me, I'm thinking. What, hey, what's that injury of practice, man, with that right. money on the line? I I understand all of that, but we only had one collision and it was a jump ball. Yeah, you so in my mind, down with that. Was, you know, that it was a jump ball with um, Roy Williams. Is that the boy from Texas? Yep. Mind you, he was a phenomenal receiver too. Yeah, he was. That dude but used to roll. He, we went up, he ran like a 10 300. In high school, he caught the he bet he caught the best craziest pass I ever seen in practice on Dre Bly, and I was just like, man, this that that guy is awesome. But this was before he caught that pass. We had a collision where we went up for a jump ball, and I was going for the ball, he was going for the ball, and I went through his arms and he fell. Football, that's that's a good play, and it's an interesting dynamic for rookies coming in in football because 
you do have that element of learning how to practice, you know, two guys going up for a ball, letting them go ahead and catch it. But just knowing that you were there right. to make the, Oh, I could have made the play. I was there, but I know right. I got to let this guy make this catch and land. So I don't get hurt and he don't get hurt. Right. Exactly. Right. But when you're trying to make a team and the and only thing he, you can think about is I need to make plays. And, and coming from where, especially coming from where I come from, I sat down for three years watching people play that was better that I was better than. Yeah. You know, and, and just four years ago in high school, I had been looked over for a long time. So now I'm like, ain't no room for, I got to show everybody that I can play and I can, and that was pretty frustrating. And then one time, um, yeah, so that, that happened and I was, that, that frustrated me even more. And then the next situation that happened in Detroit, uh, O-Lyman squirted me with some water and that wasn't going, and it was just, I didn't realize this is their second round draft pick. He talking stuff and I took off, I fired on him. Everybody broke it up before, before anything really happened. And at the, I was like, man, we can take this in the locker room away from everybody. Man, you too like, light skin to be fighting, Chip. And, and it didn't matter. Like, I know, man, I grew up light skin <laughs> in the hood, man. So I always, my, I, hey, I'm just gonna fight. It is what it is. Like, <laughs> but yeah, so we got into it and the guy was like, man, you gotta, you gotta calm down. Like they, they didn't, guys don't, I'm like, what you mean? He squirted me with water. Like, what are we talking about right here? Like, and I told him we can handle this. We can go outside. Yeah. This is a, a NFL offensive lineman. I I didn't care. Like, I was. You and Ron have a lot of the same traits. Yeah. But that was another situation that happened to me in Detroit. What else? And then I, the final straw was when um, Monday Night Football came up. And guys were out there missing tackles. And I'm a... I'm a stickler for missing tackles. I, I just, you know, that's, I don't do that. So I'm sitting there watching guys miss tackles and the coach was like, well, the special teams coach came over and was like, do you want to play? And that was it. What you mean do I want to play? <laughs> and I went off. And then the next day I was gone. <laughs> I mean, I went off on the sideline. What you mean do I want to play? You see these guys out here missing tackles? I ain't missed that many tackles in my life, let alone in one game. Yeah. What what, do, what you mean? Do we want to? Do I want to play? Put me on the fucking field and see if I want to play. Hundred percent. He put me out there. He did put me out there, and I went out there and made the next tackle. But I ain't make no more. <laughs> I ain't make no more after that. You know, I didn't make any more after that. I was, I was on the next thing smoking. And that was that was a that's a funny thing too. When I got home, my dad didn't let me come back in the house. He had my bags packed and sent me back to school. And was like, "You gonna go graduate now?" You know. And I was like, "Wait, wait, 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 what?" what? He's like, "No, go back to school. You're already enrolled. You going back to school? Go graduate. Go get your degree." And then that's when he said that to me. The CFL wanted me to come up that year in 2005, and I was like, "No." No, because I shouldn't have got cut from where I just got cut from. Like I need. I'm gonna get picked up somewhere. Yeah, I'm like, no, no. I was. I'm thinking in my mind, no, I need a backup plan now because that shouldn't have happened to me. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't because I'm. I, I'm. I'm naive thinking the best players. Period. It don't matter. But actuality, you can't have a guy on your team who's yelling at coaches, fighting with everybody. Okay, he can play football, but you know, because I'm. I mean, you. 
I'm naive. I'm thinking the best player didn't matter. Yeah. Nah. And I was like, I'm going back to school. Like, well, I got to graduate because anything can happen in this world. <laughs> like anything that wasn't supposed to happen. I was better than those guys. Like I, I, I should be playing football. So I better get a degree just in case. What'd you get your degree in? Psychology, health, communications, and physical education. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But I, I don't know what I want to do. To do anything, I got to go back to school and get another degree, right? <laughs> Not today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you go so, to Montreal, 2006. 2006. So I graduated and went to Montreal. So actually, I went to Montreal. I went to Montreal at the end of my senior year, like my end of my finishing up college. Yeah. And when I gra- when I made the team in Montreal that year, I drove back that same day that Don Matthews sat me in his office and said, you made the team. And I said, well, they coach, I appreciate it. But I have a graduation. Then I'm the first one graduating from college in my family. I have a graduation tomorrow at nine o'clock in the morning. Am I allowed to leave and go to that? And Don Matthews said, absolutely. I got in the car and drove 12 hours to walk the stage and then drove back right after I walked the stage to Montreal for practice. Hmm. All that I made that was like one of the best days of my life, besides my kids being born, getting married, and then that was one of the best days because I finally it was justified that I made a football a professional football team and I was writing all the things that I had been saying. I was good enough to play professional football and I graduated from college, something that had, had, had has not happened in my family at that point. Yeah. So it was one of the best days. Your your mentality doesn't really fit Montreal. Well, what, why we say that? Because Montreal is like a party city. Montreal is like, and you're like low key. Yeah. Like, but as far as I'm talking about the city, not the. I got you. Team. I got you. But as far as the team you. goes, you had some guys that you got to play with. For multiple years, Gerald Brown, Billy Parker, John Bowman, Anwar Stewart. Can you just talk about some of the guys you got to play with in Montreal and kind of how they helped you along the way or how your dynamics played together? And because we know how hard it is to be able to play with the same people for an extended period of time. Right. It was... um it was a blessing to be able to play with those guys for that long. Um, we could, I could call any of those guys right now and they pick up the phone or call me back, you know, and we go right back into where we were at the time we were playing. It, you know, it, um, it'd be like, we hadn't missed a beat. Hey, you know, catch up on what's going on, what you're doing. Da, 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 how's, and then, you know, right back into, man, remember this and this and that. And, and I, me and Billy, we still talk through text message, emails, and, you know, we still communicate at least once or twice a week. Yeah. Maybe every two weeks. But me and Billy, we, and Bo and I, we, um, we communicate about every two months. And um, Kai, I mean, I still go, me and Kai, we've- Y'all just had a other. family vacation, huh? Yeah, yeah, you know, that we're, we're, we're pretty much family. You know, we go see, we see each other. And obviously, if this COVID wasn't going on, I'd probably be going to see Billy and them play down in South Carolina because 
I mean, that's somebody who's really close, but it was a blessing to be able to play with those guys. Anwar, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I'm pretty sure that if I called him, it'd be right back to, what's up, light skin? What you doing? You know, <laughs> that type of thing. And, and obviously it's easier to stay in touch and see what's going on with people now with social media. Yeah. Um, I haven't spoken to Gerald in a while, but I actually tried to call him not too long ago. That fool ain't um, text me back or call me back. <laughs> so, you know, I try and I, it was a blessing to play with those guys. And um, I would, uh, I would definitely say Billy had a lot to do with some of my, with, with my success because he, he and I, we would go work out early in the morning before, um, before practice. And, um, you know, just having somebody, the consistency to, to just willing to put in the work with you. Yeah. So it wasn't always by myself. And then Marcus Stale. Yeah. That's one guy that uh, also he, me and him, we would put in the work together and, yeah, man, playing with those guys for so long, it was, it was like, it was like, they should get a lot of, a lot of credit too. And I mean, those guys probably, it'll be hard, far-fetched for them to reach the Hall of Fame, but they're, they're Hall of Fame caliber. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're definitely Hall of Fame caliber and they, especially, uh, I'm talking, I'm, I'm speaking on more Mark, Billy and uh, Gerald. They're definitely Hall of Fame caliber. Yeah. Bowman, Bowman is going to be there. Anwar already be in there. Anwar more than likely be in also. Yeah. So, but I'm talking more Mark and if Mark doesn't hit a, oh, you are you messed up Mark's career. <laughs> hey man, I'm gonna tell you this. I'll tell you like I told Mark that night in BC. If I don't catch you from behind, and I didn't horse collar you. All right, it'd be different if I had a horse called and graduated. Nah, I know, Nick. You, you felt bad about that. You ain't you I never, felt as horrible. hard as you played and as rough as you, you know, as physical as you were in that, that at that time in your career, you never wanted anybody to get hurt. And yeah. I, um I remember you saying that the first time I ever said something to you, it was like, man, I didn't that these like that messed with me. When you said that one time to me, like that messed with me for a while that I ended that man's career and he was having such a great year. Because this is how we this is how we support ourselves and support our family. Right. Right, you never right. want to go out there and hurt someone. Right. I mean, right. you try to make a play, and exactly. You know that's, and it was a combination. It is a culmination of even me running him over. The time before yeah. that, right? So there's some things that happen, but yeah, yeah. I mean, and I know that, and like I say, Mark, if he would, if he doesn't get hurt, then ain't no telling what we'd be talking about with him too. You know, his career probably be just now fizzling out also he probably would have played for a lot longer so but yeah we have an interesting dynamic too um so after the 08 gray cup when i got tj hill cut <laughs> okay <laughs> you moved over to sam yeah because you used to play in the boundary then you moved over to sam what was that switch like it was for me, at first I was like, well, when I first got to Montreal, take you back 2006, yeah. when I first got there, they were trying to get me to play Sam. I didn't know what that was. That sounded like a linebacker. That was a linebacker coming from where I'm coming from. I'm like, no, I ain't no linebacker. I'm a DB. Yeah. 
You know, I'm a DB. What you talk? Well, how you like that? Because they put me there in camp for uh, like two or three practices. How you like that position? I don't. Not thinking that I'm actually doing the same thing that I was doing before. I was just looking at the tag on it. I don't. What you mean you don't? I don't like it. It's a linebacker. Dumb me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, switching over in 2000, and when I did it in 2009, it was no longer about me. You know, it was about the team. And it hurt to see TJ cut because we were so cool. We were close. Like our whole group, we were real tight. So when TJ got cut, it was like, dang, you know what I mean? And we didn't know Billy and Gerald at yeah. the time. They just came in from arena football. They just came well, in. arena folded. So my question was, well, shit, if I couldn't play Sam, would I have been cut? You know? Yeah. That was my question to coach. I, I didn't even think nothing else. It was like, if I couldn't play Sam, would I have been cut? You know, that was a, that, that's what it was. And he was like, no, no, we just would have had, we would have figured, you know, they give you that bull crap. So you don't know where that would have took. I think Sam, Gerald could have played Sam too, though. He was physical. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he could have, for sure. But and he was that smart. was my question. And Super but, smart. But, but, I mean, when it switched over, I was like, all right, this is for the team. Yeah. You know, and mind you, we had just came off of losing the Grey Cup at home. And that that hurt bad, losing to y'all. And then – It felt good. Y'all – I bet you it did, man. <laughs> but it felt even better th- – it felt even better the next year when we went and won on y'all's uh, turf and y'all didn't want to show up to the party. Y'all was scared. Yeah, we So, I mean, we, we got our get back. We should, it should have been the best of three. Eight, nine, and ten should have been yeah, for us sure. in the great cup. And I even um, – but, yeah, that was – moving over to Sam, it was it, – I knew it was for the team. And um, at that point, I just wanted to win a championship, and I had just lost one. I had just – actually, I had lost two because I lost in 2006 – and I lost in 2008. So I had lost two championships at this point. Yeah. Now at this point. Edmonton, I, right? In overtime? We lost. To, no, we lost to BC in 2006. In it Winnipeg. Was BC. It was BC. Yeah, it was. There you go. In Winnipeg. And that was the coldest game. My wife still has chills from that game. <laughs> <laughs> she still has chills from that game. But yeah. So at that point, I had lost two, two championships. And I didn't want to lose again. Yeah. I know I needed a championship. And when I got cut from Washington... In 2007, I told some reporter or something, I said, well, that's cool. I was like, it's all right, because I'm going to go back to, to the CFL. I'm going to dominate, and I'm going to win me a chance. I was like, and I said, I left something in Canada anyway. And they were like, well, what's that? A championship. Like, Because 2006, I didn't win. We lost. So 2007, when I got cut from Washington, I'm like, well, it's okay. I, lost. I left something in Canada anyway. And they were like, what's that? I was like, I left a championship up there, so I got to get a championship. Yeah. So then 2008, when we lose it again, I'm like, man, what, are, what what's going on? What are we doing? I had no idea that they were planning on moving me to Sam until the end of training camp. They took me to um, Toronto and they're like, we're going to have you play Sam for one series. And I'm like, what? And I was like, and, and I'm thinking, I'm looking around like, wait a minute, why am I the only vet here? Coach came to me and was like, we're going to have you play Sam for one series. And I was like, all right. He's like, I don't want you to do nothing else. I want you to play Sam one series. Don't let him put you in at special teams. Don't let him do nothing, nothing, one series. And I was like, okay. So I went in, started at Sam. 
I think I got a sack that preseason game and they pulled me out right then and there. And then the next day I found out TJ and them were cut. The TJ was got cut and I was like, dang. But then that sack I was got like, him cut. Maybe you got <laughs> maybe you got TJ cut. <laughs> I was like, I was like, dang, like, all right, well, you know, it hurt. You know, you go through those emotions of a teammate, somebody yeah. who you was, you know, built a relationship with being cut, losing their job. But then it was like, all right, I got a new position to learn. And I'm playing his position. And it's like, it was weird for me for a little bit. But uh, Coach Burke brought me in and was like, listen, I know, you know, the emotions that you have with TJ and you guys are real cool and stuff like that. He's like, but I want you to try and learn this position. And I think you could be really good at it. And at that point, like I'm saying, I just want to win a championship. Yeah. So I'm all in on whatever the coaches are saying because we wasn't going to lose again. That's the, it wasn't going to happen. So the rest is history, man. Yeah. I feel just thinking back about all that stuff, man. All those situations that go on. Thinking just great career. Like just looking back at yeah. the records you broke in Montreal, the CFL records. Yeah. How, to, how you willed yourself to this point. Like looking back over it all right now, just thinking about it. After talking about it, how do you feel about that? Will is a powerful thing. If you believe it, I mean, then there was no doubt. If you have any increment of doubt of what you're going to do, it probably it might not happen. But if you have 100% faith and will that that's going to happen, more than likely, and you're taking the proper steps to make it happen, yeah. more than likely it's going to happen. More than likely it's going to happen. You got a great support system with your family, man. It's it's always awesome to see that, right? Yeah. And yeah. you know, you you taking you get we get two days off and you're driving or to Ohio and coming back. Like, All right, like check this, this dude's crazy. Here's a story. All right, we, we played what year was Kyla's first year of kindergarten? Or was it Kalen's first year? We when we played in Hamilton. Yes. And then you drove home. You fl We flew in, you drove home, 14, took her to school, and then drove back to the game. Exactly. You drove back to the game. And then you drove back to Ohio after the game with your dad. Yep. Yep. Because that was, I mean, okay. Just so to take her to school for the first time. First time. I, wasn't, I didn't want to miss her first day of school. I didn't want to miss my daughter's first day of school. That's just... That's something dad should be there for. If you if you can, you know, obviously, if there's a way, if I was on, if, out in BC, 100%, I wouldn't have been able to make it. Yeah. But if there's a way, who is number one in your life at this point? You know, that's number one. If there's a way to make it happen, you have to figure out that way and make it happen. Um, and my kids and my wife are number one in my life. So that is a pity. A, that is a pinnacle point for her starting school you know that's a that's a starting point that's that's something you want to be there for and since I could be there there was a way there was a window a gap after meetings to where I didn't have to see you guys again until to the game time I knew I could make it back in time for the game so I had to do it because that was that's it's what's important to you in life I I, I, I watch your wife on Instagram be such a supportive 
fan of the kids at all their sporting events. Yes, so she, she makes me look bad. She makes me look bad, doesn't she? <laughs> Especially the flag football games. Oh yeah, the flag football well, we, games. The thing is, we can't even. Me and my wife, we can't even sit beside each other when um at our girls' events because we're both so like into it, and we're like, "What are we doing?" What the, the, the? And we get into like, so we sit completely opposite <laughs> ends of the gym so we can express ourselves without. Yeah, like she's a coach, so like <laughs> we're, we're into it. Like this is what we do. We love to see our kids compete. So I don't care if they if they're playing as long as they're going their hardest. If they're not the best, I don't care. But you have to be working gotta, as hard as you hey, can. You got to go out there and give effort. Yeah, you got to give effort. So like, man, I'm into it. Whatever. It's it's. I don't care if you're good at it. Just give effort. Just go hard. Like when they're out there playing against some of the boys in flag football, I'm not mad that these boys are better than their team because those boys teams have been playing for a long time. My, my girls have just, their, their team was just assembled this year and they had never played football before in their life. But like, I would get frustrated if they weren't running hard or if they, you know, the little things that you have to do. That's it. That's it. And it was like, but those are life so, lessons. Yeah. Just, just go. Like if you, you chose to do this, we didn't make you play football. You wanted, you told me this is what you want to do. So if you want to do it, go do it hard. That's it. Yeah. I just wish I had an Instagram video of her cheering you on when oh. I was on the other side and <laughs> her getting frustrated that you couldn't stop me from catching the ball. Oh, stop, Nick. Your one-yard catches, man. But stop. every catch every catch I made got you closer to that 1,000. So maybe I should come back to assist <laughs> you in that 1,000. Because I, hey, I, I know I can get 21 catches on you in two years. 20. <laughs> 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 Wait a second. Remember what Give you said. Give me 20 games. I got 21 catches on you. <laughs> Remember what you said at the beginning of the interview. I ain't right? breaking no tackles. <laughs> no, you ain't. But you also said, you said at the beginning of it, I covered you in practice and you said, well, maybe I'm done. Yeah. No, nah, I'm just messing. <laughs> nah, it's. You it's, know, that's one of the coolest things, though, Chip, about this whole uh, dynamic is for me not knowing you at all before I got to Montreal. Yeah. And, you know, even for, I would say, you don't talk to a lot of people. No, I don't, no. Because so many people take me, I mean, every time I've ever spoken, I've been pretty much taken wrong the wrong way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I have, I've had so much frustration built up in certain things, and I let things build up like my Detroit situation, my high school situation, those things were frustrating to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this, this situation with not playing football is frustrating, but I'm more vocal about it because I've learned, you know, who am I gonna blow up on next? I came up with my family. I can't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I have to be more vocal about it and I have to get it out and talk about it because I'd seen the uh, effects of me keeping my frustration frustrations in over the years. Yeah, you know, it got me cut in Detroit. It got me, you know, it, it, I wouldn't change it for the world, but I lost a lot of scholarship offers by just telling them no. I'm, you know, those type of things because I knew I knew what I was doing. Like, and just yeah, it's I I have to talk a little more now because I don't have to. I don't get to hit people either for a living. <laughs> yeah, and you know, like now you'll pick up the phone and call me, or I'll hit you sometimes and. Yeah. 
I'm just like, man, that's pretty cool, man. Because Tip never, I, I never thought you liked me until, because I remember Nick, even I on the like bus, even on the bus that one day, you were like, dude, like I used to hate you. Yeah, and I then, did. Like, honestly, yeah. I did. And then when I got to know who you were and, you know, be around you and I'm like, you, you a cool dude. Like, I, I didn't like you, to be honest. And then, but there's a lot of people I don't like just because that was my job to not like, I can't play against you and like you. Why not? <laughs> hey, man, listen. It just don't work out well for me if I like you and I play against you. <laughs> I can't. It just, I can't. Like, I, I'm, a, I'm an older brother. So, like, I, I'm not going to, if I'm playing against my little brother, I can't be pushing him down and, like, I, I'm trying to nurture him and make him better. I can't, you know, if I like you, I'm trying to make you better. Yeah. If I don't like you, I don't give a dang if you get better or not. Yeah. You, you know, dominate. it's just one of those type of things. It's um, yeah. But there's a lot of guys I didn't like playing against when I played against them. I mean, I didn't. I didn't like John Cornish. I don't even know him. I'm pretty sure he's a cool, dude. Yeah, there's a lot of people who don't like John. Okay, well then I'm 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 a uh, then I'm justified <laughs> in that. No, I'm just I'm I'm kidding. But like that's just one guy that came to name because yeah of, of how things happened on the field with him and then. I'm like, how does dude, you know, when he got hurt by Kai, that situation, it was like, well, dude, the play before that, you was talking stuff about Marco, get off the field and don't, you know, don't come around here. You weren't all, oh, oh, this is football. Like, let's be, let's make Who sure he's Marco? okay. I think you hit Marco. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I think Man, you Man, I Marco. crushed Marco. Hey, yes. but I love Marco. Yeah, for sure. But like, that's why that's one reason why I didn't like John Cornish. Cause then when that happened to him, he wanted to go and tell the media and have, you know, different foundations canceled and things like that. And I'm like, wait a second, did nobody knows how you were talking just two plays before when Marco got hit? Yeah. It's like, and Kai was justified in coming back protecting his like in his teammates' honor. Like oh, it no. didn't have to be a clothesline like that, but uh, that was a lariat. That was <laughs> yeah. that was Lex Luger off the rope. Close yeah, line. but but it was like in Kai's mind, he's like, "Well, you just said that was okay. Anything goes," because that's what Cornish said. Cornish said, "Anything goes. This is football." Yeah, you know, you can't speak those type of words, and then when it happens, oh no, it's not anything goes. You can't retract them now because yeah. we know what you said. And I'm like, I'm I'm I'm. I'm not happy he got hurt by no means, but I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is don't put that out. And then when it comes to you, it would be like saying, I don't give a dang if somebody get hurt. But then when I get hurt on the football field, Oh, feel sorry for me. And no, man, you, you don't care if anybody get hurt. Remember 2022, you're, you're eligible to go into the CFL hall of fame. Emma. Is it something you think about? Is it something you care about? Not really. I think I'm I, like I told somebody the other day. I, I think more about going up in the Raptors at uh in Montreal because those are the those are the names that I will see when I came out in the stadium and when I played, and that's where I put my blood, sweat, and tears in. Um, that going up in that Ring of Honor would mean more to me than the Hall of Fame. Cause I only, I think I visited the Hall of Fame once or twice. And I was like, this would be cool to be there. But as soon as I got to Montreal and I seen names up 
that was the first time I had seen names up. Cause like at my college at OU, there were no names. There were no names up at, B, at my high school. There were no names in the stadium. So when I got into to Montreal, I looked up at the stadium and I seen names there. And you know, that's where I was like, that's where I want to be. Yeah. I want to be up there with those names. You know, I, at that point it gave me something to shoot for, but in college, all we had was records for like vertical 40 bench press, you know, those type of records. So that's where I wanted to be. But when I got to Montreal, I look up and I see these names. I didn't know who those names were. I just knew I wanted to be up in those, with those names. And that's where I wanted my name to be. And every day, I, every time I went out on that field, that's what I was trying to accomplish. It'd be good to see your name up there. And that's probably one of the reasons I never left. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I probably never left either because at some points in my career, I probably could have made more money other places. And, you know, I probably could have made a lot more money in other places because I probably wouldn't have taken a discount or the, the, the team discount. But um, it was never, it was never the money. It was, I want to be up in those, you know, and, and up there with those names because that's something I set out to do. 13 years, man, a lot of tackles. A lot of success. Yeah. Two great cups. A wonderful family. I don't mm -hmm. know if you can ask for much more in life, but man, I tell you what, I appreciate you for joining me. No problem, podcast, man. man. Anytime. And if you decide to go back, just remember, you start the clock all over again. No, no. Because <laughs> I was, I was, um, I'm talking about the four-year clock to go up there. Oh, that's fine. I don't. Yeah, that doesn't matter. Yeah, you'll start that, that clock all over again. I'm in. I'm in no hurry to get anything at this point in my life. I'm in no hurry to get anything done. I time could pause right now, and I could live in this moment that I'm in in my life because everything is so great. Like, I don't. I don't want my kids to grow up and move out of the house. Like, that's that's a, that's gonna be a sad. It's gonna be a. a great day but it's gonna be a sad day for me because then i'm stuck with my wife no i'm just kidding but, <laughs> but no it's, i mean you followed her everywhere in life hey, hey how's it going Tyler, you followed her everywhere in yeah, life i did for you sure followed I mean, her to the university of ohio that's exactly why i went to ou it was because i knew she was going there and we were we were gonna go to after my freshman year we got an offer to go to indiana because my defensive coordinator my defensive coordinator went to Indiana from OU and was like, he was like, listen, man, I'm going over here to Indiana. I know you can play in this conference. You'll start, you can start, you'd be up against better talent. He gave me the, you know, the whole spiel to recruit me. And then he was like, I'll even give her scholarship money. And I was like, what? So we looked, you know, me and my wife looking at each other. We weren't, we were just dating at the time. I'm just like, man, I made this commitment to come to this school. I'm just going to stay here. But you know, it's always, she's always been a part of the deal. Even when I was a knucklehead. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. This is another great addition of the Lulu Logic Podcast. We out. Peace. Hey, peace.